Hi, Kath. I have an absolutely disgusting, make me sick, gag, story. Does it have to do with me? No, honey. <laughs> no, never. What do is we it? have low self-esteem today, dear? <laughs> <laughs> me, never. <laughs> yeah. Okay. I can't even remember where I found this. <laughs> we'll put up a link at the blog. Yeah. Disney, as in Walt Disney. Mm-hmm is now they've set up this marketing campaign for newborns. What do you mean newborns? For newborns. They're going to the hospitals, like where the babies (laughs) have just been born, and they're giving them these things called onesies that are covered with all of the Disney characters. Oh, my God. Because that means they want your baby to be so Disney-fied. And the mother, that the mother's going to see the baby in these little onesies, these little, you know, Disney outfits. Mm -hmm. And who's not going to take it for free, a nice little jumper like that? But then they're thinking, oh... Won't Tabitha look nice at the Disney theme park in her little jumper? Because they actually said that. To get that mom thinking about her family's first park experience before her baby is even home. Wow. So that's before an interesting thing. So it's before, it's not even the idea of the baby looking at the clothes and has kind of gradually becoming surrounded by Disney merchandise in the way that little kids already are with their sippy cups or, you know, yeah. little princess or whatever. But it's about essentially turning the baby into a, a marketing object for the parents, right? Yes. Isn't that absolutely obnoxious? And the article kind of sounds like the, whoever wrote the article was obviously somewhat miffed about this idea too. But it's, you know, in, when it's you think smart. about how crowded the marketplace for advertising images is and how much everybody's like, look at me, look at me, look at me, trying to get your attention. It's, it's really only a matter of time before that kind of stuff starts happening. Well, it's funny because, you know, everybody, I was talking to my brother about this and the fact that they're having such a problem with television, with the figure out how they're going to get their ad money, you mm-hmm. know, since nobody want, is watching regular TV anymore, I'll right. say fast forward, Right. But with stuff like this, if you think, okay, maybe you're not getting your commercials on your entertainment, but you're getting it in the rest of the world around you as mm-hmm. you travel through it. Mm-hmm. But let me ask, though, how different do you think this is than, say, somebody having a newborn baby? Other than the fact that Disney's actually giving the stuff away, than the baby as, like, precious little toy, you know, where somebody has a baby and their friends give them, like, little designer outfits that are already like branded with do you know what I mean yeah. like you know isn't that in a way the same kind of thing of turning the kid into a sort of marketing object yeah but that's a different thing that's that is not nearly it's a callous in a different way but you know that's the friend saying oh your baby must have a little, we'll get the little Prada jumper mm-hmm. and we'll get the little Rolls Royce trike or we'll do this that yeah, and the yeah. other thing right yeah. But it's different, I think, if it's Disney or whatever, or Nike going in, you know, and putting the, the newborn baby in little Nike running shoes. Oh, look, he's going to start jogging really soon. Yeah, yeah. It yeah. is. It's, yeah. it's, well, and yeah. They should be doing that no on corpses. Free. <laughs> oh. <laughs> who, would, who would advertise at funeral homes? I wonder if you could come up with some sort of branding. On hold around the deck because they're obviously going to brand the birth experience. So why mm-hmm. not brand the death experience? Because we go through both of them. What if you use the death experience as an opportunity to market life extension products? Don't let this happen to you. <laughs> <laughs> 
that's when the um, the Canadian government can come in with the really really nasty pictures of smokers. Don't let oh. this happen to you. But yeah, I was kind of. Uh, I, I, I have to say, I wasn't that surprised. But I think you're right. I think it's it's beyond the pale. <laughs> Indeed. Indeed, it's beyond the pale, darling. What did you have to say now, Dale? You had something to bitch about too. This is my this is our big show. <laughs> it is. The bitch yeah. is bitch. Sometimes I have talked about this whole sort of how we're all going to be giant Jabba the Huts because <laughs> <laughs> everything is being automated. So if you are too lazy to engage in the backbreaking labor of picking up your smartphones and updating your status on Facebook or on Twitter, now there's an app for the iPhone that will actually automatically. If you enable it, it'll it'll listen to the content of the television show that you're watching and make an assessment about what that is and automatically update to the people that you're in the social network with, you know, Kathy is watching House. What's the damn phone's business? <laughs> well, no, I mean, it's the idea that everybody wants to share things. And I get, I get, That's I so get, stupid. I get, like, social search, and you can, it's a social discovery engine, because you can learn automatically what Kathy is watching. Who cares da, what da, Kathy's da. watching? And I don't want people to know what I'm watching. See, th- th- that's the thing, is you have to enable it. You can, like you can turn it off, like when you're watching porn or whatever, you can just turn it off so it's not... Maybe I want people to know I'm watching porn. Right. <laughs> See, that could make people come <laughs> See, over. <laughs> turn it on, you watch something really highbrow for five minutes, and then you turn it off and switch to what you really want to watch. But, you know, like, I get why they're saying it. They're saying, you know, watching TV is a social experience, and there are all these different tools around for social discovery engines, right? Like how you go on Last FM and you find out what people with similar tastes are listening to and so forth... But at the same time, like, I was at this conference last weekend. One of the topics that came up was about curating and how you curate all this media that's coming in. And the question was raised of, isn't there still a space for, like, I just don't want to be damn bothered. I don't want to look and see, oh, you know, Kathy and Sasha and XYZ are all watching such and such a TV show, so maybe I should investigate that and correlate it with the other things that they're interested in that I'm also interested in. Sometimes you just want to turn on the damn TV. Or turn on the radio and just not and having not have to worry about curating things. Well, just to back up, I think it's interesting that you say that TV is a social experience because I think TV is a passive experience, and I think it's definitely a passive experience. But the the point that they make is that we've always done this thing of talking about what shows we like, right? I mean, it's not shared in the sense that you're not usually necessarily watching it with your friends but yeah, although in the old days you used to mm-hmm. but people will talk about what they watch on tv or whatever and that's the, anyway this is this um the argument that the the founder of it makes is that there is a social dimension to um to tv but i think the more valuable thing in a way is the sort of idea of a social discovery engine and i think that he's probably right that yeah. we're going to see more and more of that stuff but at the same time i was just like i'm so tired of sharing stuff I would not want to tell my phone, to call my friends, what I was, to tell them what I was watching on television. <laughs> like, who would care? Is that it? That's it? I think so. Okay. Come to the blog. For links to these stories and more. The Sniffer. Dot net. Bye. Bye.